your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And it's a snow day here today, Shelby Weller. Yeah. It's not a snow day in that we got time off work or whatever, because, you know, it's the pandemic, so we're always working. But oh, it's right. a snow day in that we're getting two feet of snow in New York, and it is crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not there, that's for sure. I... I think there's technically a cold front in Houston too, but I haven't stepped outside to uh, to check. So I'm just cozy in, indoors and uh, enjoying my uh, my sweater weather. <laughs> but what about Lupe? Well, you I make mean, Rob it take just her so out. Happened that today Rob was home to take her out while I I took care of the baby, and thus um, I didn't have to struggle to try and get a baby and a dog downstairs because here's the thing is you can't leave a baby like alone (laughs) for a single second even though i've caught myself thinking that there are people in the world who have houses bigger than the time it takes me to go down the elevator take my dog out and come back up you know what i mean so it's like would it be that (laughs) like what's the worst that can happen (laughs) You know, you like, yeah. if you'd lay the baby on like the rug in the middle of the floor, it's like she's not no. going anywhere, you know? No, I mean, I would, it would only be like if she was sleeping, like, you know, snug as a bug in her crib, like nothing around her, nothing could happen. But I'm honestly like terrified. The I most dangerous thing, like, the I'd most really dangerous know. thing in the apartment is the dog. <laughs> if the ba- if something is going to happen to the baby, it's going to happen by the dog. So if the dog is gone, yeah, the baby is safe. I'm paranoid of mom patrol on like social media. Like I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some hateful email or something saying I shouldn't have a child because I'm <laughs> so <laughs> irresponsible to even well, but consider, no, but... even consider walking out my door and leaving Well, but my you baby didn't. You way. haven't walked out the door. That's the <laughs> thing, know, everybody. She's a good right. mother. Thank She's you. following the rules. Yeah. I'm the bad really person who's something. trying to, con- who's, who's like, nah, I mean, you can just sleep. <laughs> As long as the door to the balcony is closed partway, you'll be fine. You know, the Kardashians, I guess the thing is, if you have a big house, you probably have a nanny. So it's like, maybe it's not a fair, a fair, um, you know, comparison. So I will continue to, to wrangle both dog and baby when dog needs time. And that makes me mother of the year for both canine and human child. So thank you very much. Please. Moral of the story is don't have a dog. That's what I'm no, taking away from this. No, that mm-hmm. should not be the moral. Of Always the moral story. of the story. The moral of every story is don't have a dog. No, but anyways, um, don't leave any hateful reviews talking about my parenting. I won't survive it. But you can leave us nice reviews because um, we're still clawing our way to a hundred. <laughs> it's the slowest process ever. It's, it's so sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to check in on some of those international. Um, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, really honestly, different. we probably do have a hundred if we count the internationals because they're right. not counted on the U.S. ones. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so That's true. Something mm, to think about. Yeah. Um, Math. I did get a email slash text from someone, a friend of the pod, who wanted to be sure that she clarified some things for us millennials talking about the Gen Z drama around driver's license. Oh, um, okay. And since it was a slow news week, I figured I could uh, highlight that here because as we left it, I think we gave one update on the driver's license saga, which is that the boy um, released a song called Lie, Lie, Lie. And yes. that added to the drama. But I think what we didn't talk about last week was that Sabrina Carpenter also released a song 
called Skin, where she talks about being the um, the villain and kind of like, oh, it's so <laughs> a good thing I have thick skin because you guys can't get to me, basically. And she references some of the lyrics people think of Driver's License, where she sings, maybe you didn't mean it, maybe Blonde was the only rhyme, which of course is a reference to Driver's License, where she sings, you're with that blonde girl. And I guess Sabrina Carpenter's gotten some hate, whatever blah 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 I'm not for these people riding on the coattails of Olivia Rodrigo's success but I was corrected by my sister-in-law Marin who you know as uh, Beyonce's number one fan and oh uh, yes Mm -hmm. she was on the podcast to talk about Lion King many (laughs) lol remember that movie (laughs) yeah and she said that there is proof that Josh wrote Lie 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 before their relationship even ended um because it was posted snippets were posted on his instagram about a year and a half ago when they were supposedly still like filming and so that would have been when olivia was like you know in love with him and so the fact that he released it now feels more like a pr stunt than any sort of actual response to her song because Mm -hmm. he'd already written it and prepared it and whatever so you know that's less drama i guess but sabrina's clearly to my millennial eyes was a direct nod to a a clap back to driver's license but then she came out and was like um this isn't a diss track like it's not about a single person it's um you know, it's about, it's about a ton the of idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, maybe some lines address a specific situation, but others address other experiences. So not I will say this. <laughs> the the people who are the most intense people on social media are I want to say people between the ages like 12 and 17 who I think are <laughs> most invested in this drama. So I can imagine that Sabrina Carpenter got a lot yeah. of weird teenage death threats from people i also think that sabrina carpenter is still the most famous of the three of these oh 100 percent. i knew her face yeah right so i'm like okay uh i mean like good that olivia what's her face has this song but aside from that she hasn't really done anything well, I guess well, she's on the High School, high school Musical, musical but who is watching that show? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I also want to say this. So I have listened to the Driver's License song several times now. Like the first, when we first talked about it, I think I'd only listened through it once, and also had heard it on TikTok. But I've since like listened through it a couple of more times, and it is like the most depressing <laughs> song. I know it feels. So it's good. like it's like this man. <laughs> Like, the relationship is done, and you are still, like, clearly in a deep, dark hole of obsession yes. about this person. Like, we got to move on. You are also oh, only oh. 16 <laughs> years old. You just got your driver's license. Don't your you whole life is ahead you of you. you heart and you, you felt no, things so nev- strongly? <laughs> I, I never, that never happened to me. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There wasn't like oh, the time. She has so many Wendy's feelings. Closed yes. And you felt betrayed by the. <laughs> you took the long walk across a bridge to get your Wendy's shake and it was closed. And you were like, oh my gosh, I, I miss like, you. I want you. I guess I understand the feeling, but I <laughs> yeah. sort of feel like somebody needs to come up 
to her and be like, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, is this the message we want to be sharing (laughs) with 16 year olds that like uh, love is all encompassing? Like Harry Styles songs like this. Like, I think she wrote a song. She had feelings. She wrote them down. Uh, She sang them out. And she's now living her best life. It's hard to really do an in-depth analysis of a song that the only lyric is watermelon sugar high <laughs> repeated 75 times. Well, okay. Well, then good on Olivia for burying her soul in a more obvious way because she's getting hate from people who think she, what, feels too much? Okay, moving on, moving on, moving on. Okay, I have okay. a... This is this is an interest... I feel like this is the most interesting story of the week. Oh, okay. The GameStop fiasco, uh. which... I can't wait for you to break this down. <laughs> yes, to try to explain what happened. Uh, this is an invest. Uh, this is pop culture, but also about investment. So yes. we'll see how accurate that this yes, is. Please. But this is my takeaway on what happened: that okay. there are groups of like Wall Street business investor people somewhat nefariously who can make money by sort of like betting against a company so it's like you put up money and like saying that a company will fold or will not do well and then if that company folds or doesn't do well you make a lot of money mm-hmm. and so these group of people identifying that GameStop is sort of a struggling entity already and that like brick and mortar sales are down and also video games i think a lot of times you can buy online like you don't even have to go to a store and buy a disc you just like download it so obviously gamestop is doing poorly and then on top of that you have the pandemic we're like hey gamestop not long for this world we're going to do these i can't even remember what they're called some kind of investment like against gamestop (laughs) people on reddit were like hey these evil wall street people are are going against our beloved GameStop. So we are going to invest a lot of money in GameStop, which will then make these Wall Street investments (laughs) bets incorrect. Because instead of GameStop getting worse, it will actually get better. And so then these Wall Street people will have to pay a lot of money because they were wrong in these bets Mm -hmm, that they made. mm -hmm. So all of the people on Reddit got together and they made small investments through this app called Robinhood. And it Mm -hmm. basically screwed over all of these investors to the point where they now owe like millions of dollars because they bet incorrectly on GameStop. Yeah, I think, you know, that was a fair... I think that's my understanding. So good job. (laughs) So then Robinhood... This comp, this like app yeah. that people were investing through was like, hey, we got to stop this because these investors are now losing too much money. And this isn't like real investing at this point because it's just all these people on Reddit who are like doing a prank almost. So we're going <laughs> to stop the investing in GameStop, which was like one that's against free market trade or something. And then also are you protecting the interest of these rich people, but you're not protecting the interest of normal people or people who work at GameStop? So there's a whole bunch of drama then surrounding like, is this legal? Is this ethical? I think to this point, GameStop, like people have still, like no one has pulled the money that they've invested from GameStop, but obviously GameStop is still a struggling company. So it's like, even if you put a lot of money into it through these investments, I don't know what they're going to do with that. So... It's like GameStop will still probably end up not doing well in the long run. I don't know. I'm I'm unclear on to save GameStop, but the goal was to screw over these people. Yeah. Yes. Sort of 
gambling with these stocks. So that all in and of itself is sort of pop culture because it's connected to GameStop, which is like video games, mm-hmm. whatever. I wouldn't have normally brought this up. However, the interesting piece for us, I think, is that Hollywood, of course, <laughs> is like, wow, this is a story that needs to be made into a movie. Yeah. And so... First off, this man named Ben Mesrick, who wrote the book that The Social Network and that like betting movie 21 that like got card. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever that was. That was like a con artist like gambling ring. So he wrote the books that were based on those has already sold a book uh, based on the GameStop incident. And the GameStop thing hasn't even finished yet, but he's already (laughs) sold a book for like millions of dollars. Like he's like, I'm going to write this book about this. So not only did that happen, but then MGM was like, yeah, and we are going to make a film based off of this book (laughs) that has not been written based off of this event that has not finished yet. And then on top of that, Netflix just announced that the director of The Hurt Locker is going to now be making a movie also on this oh. that's going to be on Netflix and that Noah Centineo is going to be starring in it. Oh, interesting. Again, based on an incident that has not yet finished happening. So Very interesting. There's just a lot going on here. Do we think any of these movies will be good? I mean... I don't I don't know what it could be about that would be interesting, you know what I mean? Like like no offense to making a, a a generalization about Reddit bros, but do I want a movie about them? Like and that's the thing, is this going to be like what you're just on your computer. You know, it's like what happens? And it's not like the big short where something happens over a long course of time. This is a day. This is a single day. So I don't know. It seems all a little too quick, but everyone's bored in quarantine, so I'm not at all surprised that this uh, took off as it did. I do think it's sort of interesting to think about a group of sort of vigilante people going after Wall Street by screwing up all of these investment things that are going on. But yeah, yeah, I don't... Like, the story's compelling, but I don't know how you make that story personal for a movie. Or like cinematic. <laughs> yeah, like who's the main character? Who's the, who, like what's happening? And then also, not only will this be, you know, set about people on Reddit and whatnot, but also all of the people who are involved in this, theoretically, are mostly working from home. So it's yeah. not even like you can go to the office of some place and it's like people sitting around being like, oh my gosh, we're losing all the money. What is it going to be, like Zoom calls? <laughs> what a dream. It'll be like that um, that searching movie. It'll all just take place. Oh, yeah. Well, that was <laughs> that was good. We're really mentioning all of our old episodes where we talked about The Lion King, Better Searching. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the only thing that entertained me news-wise was the GameStop saga. Like, I really was just looking through every major website on Twitter, like trolling my usual accounts. And I don't feel like there was any pop news this week. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at looking for it now. Well, I have another story. Uh, I feel like I had to put some like research into these to make them more interesting. (laughs) Well, yeah, you just gave us the the whole rundown on hedge funds. So Mm -hmm. thank you. I know. Uh, I'll be moving into Wall Street next week. So if you'd like me to invest your money, please let me know. Uh, It came out that... Luca Guadagnino 
who may who is the director behind Ooh. Call Me By Your Name, is getting oh, yes. back together with Timothy Chalamet to make a movie that <laughs> is, quote, about a, uh, a girl searching for her father, trying to control her desire to eat people, i.e. cannibalism, <laughs> which is interesting because the third person in the Call Me By Your Name trio is Army Hammer, who was recently accused of of being a cannibal. So it's strange that now they're making a movie about cannibals. Yes, it's based on a YA novel called Bones and All. Have you read that? No. I just assume that you've read everything. Um, (laughs) But then the funniest part of this was that Elizabeth Chambers, who is Army Hammer's ex-wife, commented when this story uh, was announced, just no words. Like, she just tweeted it and was like, (laughs) no words. (laughs) Uh, yeah it was good timing the research that i did i was like i feel like luca guadagnino i feel like i've heard a lot about these movies he's making so i went to his wikipedia page and he is currently in the works to direct seven different films and i thought i would run through them with you and just like gauge are are we interested in any of these like is (laughs) is this it's anything that we want to see so we got the cannibal story then we have something called burial rights which i guess is also based on a ya novel that's going to be starring jennifer lawrence have you heard of that book at all no you know what i'm pulling up my libby i'm gonna put these all down okay bones and all burial rights this is good research so that whenever (laughs) we have these podcast episodes you're well equipped to talk about them yeah (laughs) Um, then the next movie is a bio, a film bio on this Hollywood sort of pimp hustler slash prostitute named Scotty Bowers, which I've never heard of. Uh, then we have a Call Me By Your Name sequel, which there was a sequel to the book that I think came out last year. But now it's sort of strange that they'd be making a sequel to the movie, especially with Army Hammer maybe involved, maybe not involved. So TBD on that. <laughs> He's also apparently making a lord of the flies movie oh which could be interesting i guess he's making a scarface remake based on a script that the coen brothers are working on and then the last thing is that i guess stanley kubrick before he died had some kind of pet project on the holocaust that he was trying to get off the ground that never happened and so luca guadagnino wants to make this holocaust movie Wow, so busy guy. this is so many projects <laughs> do any of those strike you as interesting at all I mean, I guess I'm curious about the Jennifer Lawrence one, but I mean, I I just looked it up and it's about young woman accused of murder in Iceland in 1829. Oh. So I don't really know what will happen there. It's also like Jennifer Lawrence isn't, you know, young adult anymore. <laughs> yes. She's like 30. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's over. I bet she's like 35. I think she's older than us. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Are all of these like, rearing to go or they're just ideas well i don't i think he's attached to direct them all so i mean obviously he will not be directing all of these or if he does it will take him you know a decade but they're all sort of in the works at some level which is strange cute well i'm sure we'll uh, welcome any real movie once it once it comes out and we can actually Hopefully, one day, sit in a movie theater and uh, judge people's reactions. I mean, rude of you to be clamoring for a real movie only hours after watching The Little Things, <laughs> a hit film with Rami Malek, Denzel Washington, and Jared yeah. Leto that we'll be t- yeah. discussing on the Thursday oh episode, boy. Shelby. Coming soon. Yes. Uh, real 
180 from our last week's very colorful, very vibrant, very uh, feminine uh, discussion of promising young woman. But you know mm-hmm. what? That's great. Uh, the yin and the yang is what yes. colors the mm-hmm. podcast. So yeah, that's always good. But I mean, no more pop news, but I'm curious what you've been doing with your time. <laughs> so do you have something for uh, love it or hate it? Or I can yes. start. Oh, uh, you can go first, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'll be a gentleman. Okay, this is this is something I've mentioned in the past, sort of, but I really need to talk about it. So, oh, okay. basically, I've you know been watching the new network, the network shows that have now come back after the COVID has forced sort of long hiatuses for all of them, and so the ones that I have started again, obviously, we've discussed the rookie. I still watch it. It's very much copaganda, but there's something that they've done with it that I'll get to. Then I also watch this show called 911, which is basically another. Oh, that's cop. like a Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan Murphy adjacent. Um, it's basically follows this uh, firehouse, the paramedics and the cops involved with this as they answer 911 calls. And they have a spinoff taking place in Austin, Texas called 911 Lone Star that I also watch, even though it is oh my the dumbest show. Gosh, Shelby. And then I watched Superstore, which is that sitcom that America Ferreira used to star in, but she has now left. And it's sort of just a Walmart-esque workforce. And they're just, you know, dealing with... You have time to watch all of these shows and yet you don't have to like i mean okay there's one episode a week and they're like less than 40 minutes so i don't i don't think it's that wild but here's the issue is all of these shows have decided to embrace the universe where covid is currently happening which means i have to sit there and i have to watch them wear their masks and social distance and talk about like oh covid when is life going to get back to normal there's all these covid jokes about sourdough and all these things that feel (laughs) dated because you know they were written produced months Mm -hmm. ago even some of them have mentioned like it's over now even though (laughs) it's not because i think when they wrote they were like oh no way this will still be going on next year And I just, I'm very, at first I was like, okay, fine, I'll roll with it. It's fine. They have to acknowledge it, I guess, because in filming, they're also going by COVID precautions. So they have to have a reason their cast members are in masks or whatever it is. But I don't think that's the case. I really, I really feel like, because sometimes they take their masks off. Sometimes they talk in a room together. Sometimes they hug, kiss, whatever it is. I just resent being forced to engage with covid in my escapism television and i know you don't really watch television like this but do you think people will regret the choice to lean into the covid element do you think that'll affect these tv shows because i'm like dreading tuning in well okay so i'll say this one they definitely do not have to address that uh, on the show and it's not they're sh- they're filming lots of things in lots of different places and yes you have to have precautions but it's but one of the precautions is not like all of the actors must be wearing masks during all scenes it's not something where they have to do that if they don't you know if they if they don't want to because if you were filming something that was like a period piece you're not all of a sudden going to have like all of the jane austen (laughs) characters uh in mask you know it's like i think they're set to start filming the second season of bridgerton within the next couple months and those people aren't going to be wearing masks in their scene (laughs) my only thought with these shows is Mm -hmm. 
Like, if I was the showrunner behind them, I would be like, no, absolutely not. We're not dealing with this COVID thing. It Like, maybe in a couple of years, you could do a couple of episodes about it or something. Yeah. Or, or do something where it's something similar, but, like, more dramatic, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, a fictionalized version of it. The only reason why I could see that you would need to do it is if your show was set in a kind of real world scenario where you are actively bringing things in from the real world. Like right. if 911 Lone Star is actively, you know, discussing the Trump election and, you know, that Ooh. kind of stuff, then it would be weird to just skip over COVID altogether. <laughs> but I don't think that you really need to focus on it if right. that's not the focus of the show. Yeah, I mean, yes, this is a universe where 9-11 happened, but it's also a universe where a tsunami takes out, like, LA, you know? So it's like, I don't want this to be the piece of reality. (laughs) I guess guess for a show like that, maybe they're thinking, oh, this gives us a whole new angle into all of these, like, things that could be going on because... But, you know, it's like, oh, now you could have murder, but, like, set during COVID. Like, is that interesting? Is that something well, new? I guess, I guess one of the, like, 911 calls was a woman finally comes into the office after, you know, working from home for six months. And then she's hit by a bus or something. So there's, like, little nods uh-huh. <laughs> over the way of life. But the other thing that's interesting is watching these shows grapple with the conversation about around racism that happened. Um, especially the rookie, which has obviously realized that they are at a crossroads with an audience who one doesn't maybe care about black lives matter, but the Uh other side that does. And so they have decided to like, take it upon themselves to like go full. Like the storyline this year is that there's a racist cop and the rookies are all trying to find a way to get him like, held accountable and fired well, and they can't be like, rookies anymore can they they have to be something oh, else no, at this, this point it has all been like within the six month period it is a oh slow moving show <laughs> but there's a lot of discussion around race and there's a lot that's like it's interesting and i i'm honestly way more okay with that than like the heavy-handed conversations of race than i am with covid being in the background because i just like don't give an f about covid anymore I mean, that's not to say I still abide by COVID standards mm, as everyone should. <laughs> but my point is, these shows. I'm not wearing a mask when I go to Walmart. Of... You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> They've all adapted, and it's been interesting to kind of watch. And and obviously, film is different because we have all these movies that have been backlogged that are now rolling out. Plus, movies like that will be made about this time. But it's also like I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how how COVID is immortalized, (laughs) how like 2020 is sort of talked about in, in TV. And if this is something where they try it for a season and they're like, you know what, this is over. Like, let's just go back to normal. Or if it it will change the course of these shows or whatever forever more. So, I mean, I'm on the front line watching. I'll keep you all posted. Like (laughs) we'll see how this goes. So I was going to talk about One Night in Miami, the Regina King movie that came out. But I feel like since we're talking about network television, I should just talk about Riverdale, which is doing something very different with all of this. So Riverdale was in the middle of its fourth season when it got shut down for 
COVID. I think there was three or four episodes left that they had to air in the season. And the weird thing about Riverdale is that it was anticipating doing a time jump where I think it was going to skip all of their college years. So they're about ready to graduate (laughs) high school. It was then going to, in season five, they would all be, you know, 22 year olds instead of 19 year olds. So it was, it was going to go through this time jump. However, they, uh, you know, but they couldn't just jump, do the time jump because now you have these, all these plots that are left hanging from the end of season four that didn't get to air. So right. I was sort of anticipating that for the season premiere of, of what is now season five, that they would jazz up something or another, you know, cause it's like yeah. the premiere and whatever, but literally no, I think that they just <laughs> took the episode that would have been the next one in the line. And we're like, we're just going to go through the rest of this of what would have been season four and make it the beginning of season five, which is, you know, fine as far Mm -hmm. as continuity goes. The first episode was sort of like a snoozer, but, you know, I guess if, like, only, like, people who are watching it in real time would, you know, understand that that's, like, a premiere. Like, if you were watching it in three months, you know, you'd just watch the next episode and it would be fine. But what I'm really confused about now is, like, are they going to... (laughs) do this time jump like in three episodes right. and have the back half of season five be them as older or are they going to just somehow stretch this out or do something different and then also i'm wondering like since these are network television shows traditionally they go into hiatus in the summer and then they come back in the fall with a new season so it's like is this season of riverdale gonna only be like six or seven episodes long and then they're gonna take a break and then come back like i'm so confused and interested to see what happens with this show and also the first episode was really boring i think there's maybe a second episode out yet but i haven't watched it so ouch what damning words about riverdale like riverdale is anything but boring isn't that their one selling point it's like this makes zero sense but yeah at all but I think that this is like, you know, that Riverdale is going to have a truly insane season finale of, of season four. So I think that this was one of those kind of setup episodes right. to get things into place <laughs> prior to maybe a, a big last couple episodes going into the end of the season. But instead, we now we have it as the season premiere where it's just this boring setup episode. So right. I don't know. We'll see. Again, I will report back as the season continues. So you haven't given up? Oh, never. (laughs) Never. The show is too insane for me to go. And honestly, I'm too far in. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not... Like, now that I'm on season five of Riverdale, I'm not just going to stop watching Riverdale. Like... (laughs) Yeah, I can respect that. There's a lot of shows I should have let go long ago, but... Like all of the ones you talked about (laughs) on this episode. I didn't even mention a million little things, which so far has not addressed COVID. So we're okay. I hope that the, these studios get their act together so that we can have a new lineup of fall <laughs> pilots to discuss because I love doing that. That's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. Uh, I think remember, I've been better at rem- picking the winners though, right? You Remember Catwoman? You remember how bad that was with oh, Ruby yeah, Rose? I hear it's really good now that she left and they got a new Batwoman. I also, when I was watching Riverdale, I saw an advertisement for Nancy Drew and I was like, this is still on? I could have sworn that that got canceled. It was so bad. I forgot about that completely. So, 
Yeah, I'm not. Mm. I'm not surprised either. But we're we're lacking content, which is why um, Thursday we'll be talking about the little things. <laughs> yes, the little the Denzel Washington movie. Um, so yeah, it's on HBO Max. If you want to watch it, we'll be mm-hmm. out back on Thursday to discuss. In the meantime, mm-hmm. you can follow us at social media at PS You're Wrong, or leave us a review, or send us an email at PSYou're Wrong at gmail.com, and we'll see you on Thursday. Bye, guys. <laughs>